and welcome back. It's Good Books, Bad Banter, your favorite fucking book podcast. <laughs> I'm Tori. And I'm Maddie. And it's so nice to see you again for another installment of our podcast and our episode. So what are we talking about today, Tori? I'm glad my mom died. By Jeanette McCurdy herself. Y'all, Such this a book, book was so good. Before we get into it, let's do our three updates. Yes. You go first. Uh, three updates. Um, let me think. Oh, I had my birthday this weekend. You came to that. We I did. It was so yes. fun, but I had to leave early. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, you came, and we finally had like our get together and whatnot. So that was really fun. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I just showed you. I just showed Tori my haul from thrift shopping. Um, so that was fun because we did it on Sunday, and then. I got a COVID shot and a flu shot yesterday. Um, and in, it in hindsight, ass. and in hindsight, I was trying to be responsible, but now that I look back at it, I think it was just stupid because <laughs> <laughs> because I got two vaccines in one day and my body felt it two day, and I had to go home early from work, and it was just it was just a lot, like a ton, <laughs> and so. Yeah, um, I'm recovering. I feel a little bit better. I got to nap a little bit today after I came home. I took a shower, real hot one, so my like muscles don't feel as sore. Yeah, but um, but yeah, those are those are my three updates. I'm basically convinced that I am now a superhuman because my first vaccine was J and J. My second one was Pfizer, and this time, whenever I showed up to the clinic, they had only have they only had Moderna, the new. Moderna bivariant or bivalent whatever (laughs) yeah bivalent vaccine that had just come out and she was like so I don't have any Pfizer um do you want Moderna or do you want to wait I was like well like would it like kill me (laughs) like would that be like an issue because then like I'm gonna have all three she's like no so I was like okay she's like yeah you'll be fine I mean it's have you had any allergic reaction before I was like no and she's like okay well then yeah i was like all right well then stick it in me so stick it in me but yeah sexual so Ugh, yeah covid could be sexual in any way jesus christ covid vaccines but anyways yeah those are my three updates what do you got <coughs> let's see three updates i went to your birthday thing mm-hmm. but i had to cut it short because i had a 10-hour wedding on saturday that yes. i photographed and Fire ants got in my shoes and <gasps> ate the fuck out of my heels and shit. Like, my left leg is so bad. Oh, my It's disgusting. Um, but the wedding was fun. I was just exhausted by the end of the night. Like, yeah, I saw you the next morning. So, I yeah, like, I was. Oh, poor baby. The next, the day after a wedding, I always have a wedding hangover. And this was by far my worst one. Like, I felt sick. Yeah. My voice was gone. Yeah. My throat hurt. My eyes were swollen. <laughs> like, I was exhausted. Um, I could tell. I mean, I could tell even, like, seeing you. Just this, for the split second that I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, she. I, just, I, I, I laid in my alone. bed and edited and read and watched Narnia TV. books or Narnia movies. I was like, what? Not. Re- uh, I yeah, got you. Anyways. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Um, and then. Now I'm just trying to do a little ACL shopping and preparing for that and Harry Styles in a few weeks. 
Um, I did not thrift. Obviously, I was too hungover on Sunday. Yeah, but I figured you probably just wanted to be holed up in your apartment for yeah. a while. And so my fits will probably come from Amazon for this year, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, well, we could still go kind of go thrift shopping still. Like we still have a few weeks. Yeah, true. Just to see if like there's anything else that you want. True, true. But I'm also kind of a lazy person who doesn't like to shop in person. I really like prefer to just buy online. Yeah, that's a, that is the bad thing about like thrift shopping. You have to stay there for hours because yeah. you have to look at everything. And I don't have the patience for that, honestly. I have a vision uh-huh. and I don't stray that much from my vision when I have it. And I, I also to like to black a lot, so, like, I don't like colorful things that much. Right. I think we need to go to Buffalo, Buffalo Exchange. I've been, I, and you don't find the anything? last time I think I found, like, maybe one thing. Mm. I don't have the patience. I to, yeah. I don't, unfortunately. I am, like, big enough to admit that about myself. <laughs> You're like, I have I'm not a patient person when I it comes to pride. that. So... So, okay, well, fair. I mean, we can still look and you can try along. Up to you. True, true. I will still come Maybe for sure. Maybe you can look for, like, accessories. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I'm thinking of, like, getting, we're going to Harry Styles at the end of the month. And I'm thinking of getting a beret because I think that would be so fucking cute. Mm. And then doing, like, my makeup really, really cute. Like, really I'm bright. I'm for sure going to do some bright-ass makeup. Yes. That's how I accessorize, I've realized, is my makeup. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wear a couple of rings. I wear, like, my classic earrings that I always right. wear. And then I do fun makeup. That's my favorite thing. I know. The makeup is the fun part, though. Because that's, like, what it people is. see. So I get it. But, like, your outfit is also really fun because, like, if you feel good about your outfit, then yeah. you feel good about yourself. But anyways, anyways, book time, book time. I would like to say, though, um, if you haven't already heard or if you don't really like know too much about this book, um, I definitely would suggest looking at the trigger warnings. Yeah, it is super deep and it talks about some really insane things. Yes. Emotional, uh, mental and physical abuse, along with eating disorders mm-hmm. and anything that could be triggering along those lines um and it's not just one it's a multiple types and then also just codependency um anything if that is like not a good place for you or it's a very touchy subject i would definitely recommend maybe not reading it until you're obviously in a better place and don't um, even listen to this podcast yeah don't listen to this we're going to talk about the books so. right so um but yeah i just wanted to kind of take that first hand or put that first hand in the episode because that's yeah. what i was thinking about it because this this book definitely like it hit hard like, yeah it's a very emotional book i definitely cried at the end like i was I'm sitting sad. in my car and i had like tears like welling up in my mm-hmm. eyes i'm sad though because i know because i think it got spoiled for me about the like just her emotions especially in that one chapter that she narrates because in the audio the audiobook she narrates herself and it talks about where her voice cracks oh yeah and then she like stops and then she keeps going and her voice is still kind of emotional mm-hmm. i'm kind of sad that i like that was spoiled for me because i think had i heard that just by itself i think i ha- would have had waterworks but i knew oh. to expect it yeah and so i didn't like it just hit really deep but i'm sad I that i didn't like cry because i think i would have had i like not had that to look forward to or to look for obviously like i was 
emotional about the whole thing because it's just like a very heart-wrenching story mm-hmm. but i didn't like cry or like tear up until the very end no yeah that's so. whenever i was but i think even then it was just such a culmination of everything i just really felt yeah. it i wished i wouldn't have no had i'm that super to, like, glad i listened to, to it because she did such a good job she could totally be a voice actor i think like, so. she imitated miranda cosgrove so, so perfectly well. it was I was like, what the I know. I thought it was her. Gnarly. I thought it was her. I thought it was Miranda for a whole second. Whenever she's like, hey. No, like, she was a very good mm-hmm. voice actor. And I was she, so impressed. I think she brought to life all her other characters really well. Oh, 100%. Too. Her mom, like her dad, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you don't know what this uh, book is about, it's basically the memoir of Jeanette McCurdy. And it's basically talking about her insane childhood that she had basically um, her life through 26 yeah her life until uh, about about and now then, and then it briefly st- like ends now but like right. that's briefly to i into really tumultuous period of her life yeah full of a lot of um stuff I, like heart yeah heartbreak heart you know wrenching events in her life and it's just a lot of her coming of like awareness of like who she is and who she is as a person and like where she lost all of that you know foundation as you know a kid to a young adult to or to a teen to a young adult like i mean none of she that really was her wasn't own. allowed to she wasn't allowed to be a person no so it talks about really just her journey throughout those years and her her relationship with her mom her relationship with acting how she got into it it's kind of just a brief synops- synopsis, not even a brief, but just a synopsis of her um, her life up until this point. Yeah. So, um, as you know, she is one of the, like, famous stars of iCarly, um, Sam Puckett. If you didn't watch that as a child, uh, who are you? Uh, get off this podcast. You're too young. Um, <laughs> or, or they're older than us. They also, get off this podcast. You're too old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesus, Maddie. <laughs> Um, no, but if you are too old, uh, educate yourself. So it was a show on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was awesome. I loved it growing up, but, uh, what would you, we forgot our star ratings. Oh yeah. I would rate this book a five. Yeah. Me too. Solid five. Yeah. Like it was one of the best memoirs I've read this year. Same, same. Last year for me, it was crying in H Mart. You need to read that one. I haven't read that one yet. That one is this, that one put me like in a legit funk. For, like, five days. Like, I couldn't read anything else. I was just, like, sad. I cried several times in that book. Yeah. It's really, really sad. But this, Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died and Crying in H Mart are very similar. Mm. And, like, the material of talking, like, surrounded by, like, the mom. Obviously, Jeanette's is a little bit more uh, violent a little bit Mm. in that way. This one is a little bit more like a cultural identity that's surrounded by her mom and mm. crying in H Mart. Definitely listen to it. It's or actually, yeah, listen to it because it's the lead singer of Japanese breakfast. I don't know if you've ever heard that band. Mm-mm. She also wrote this book or wrote that book. Oh, so definitely. listen. She's at ACL this year. I want to go see her set. Let's do it. So, but anyways, um, but yeah, uh, those are our star ratings. That's our synopsis. As you know, every part or every first part of the podcast is spoiler free. I don't think this was spoiler free. Well, I guess, yeah. But we're going to get really into, like, the spoilers. Yeah. 
just i guess don't listen now because we're gonna start going into it more yeah well we're gonna start talking about major details that she kind of unravels and then more into the trauma so if you don't want to listen to it you still want to be intrigued by the story and know it for yourself listen later yeah hop off and then come back okay so i actually started reading this on my kindle Mm-hmm. And then realized quickly that I couldn't get through it fast enough. So I had to buy it again on Audible. So I oh listened to no. it. And actually that worked so much better just because it brought to life so many of her characters. Or not even her yeah. characters, just the people that were in the book and her writing and stuff. And I think it just was super powerful that she decided to narrate it also. Because she's a bad bitch. Yeah. In the end, when she finally comes to like realize for herself... No, Jeanette is a very strong person. She is. Um, I mean, the book, even the way it opened up. I So I love how she did the beginning was also, like, the end a little bit, you know? Like, she brought it back around. Mm-hmm. Because um, it gives you a glimpse into, like, how, how it's going to go, right. basically. Well, like, it's, it's how drastic scene. it's going to get. Right. Is it, It's the scene where she they're in the hospital and it's all three of her brothers and her. And they're all trying to, the mom, to tell trying the mom, to mom something, something to, to wake, wake her, her up. up from a coma. Mm-hmm. And she tells her mom that she's 89 pounds. And she's like, I'm what do you mean I'm this isn't enough weight. to, like, wake you up? Because this is all her mom cared about, really. Right. That was all her mom cared about for her. And, like, knowing that she had hit her goal weight was going to be so uh, groundbreaking that it was going to, like, bring her out of her coma. Jolt her back awake. Yeah. And she immediately says, without my mom, who am I? Because mm. everything she did in her life was to please her mom. Yes. Everything. So. It was centered around that. And then it starts off from, like, her very, very young age, like, five. Two. Well, two, and then, like... she. So, her first, like, memory is, like, six years old, and she's getting... Or not memory, but, like, the thing she talks about. She's opening a birthday present or a Christmas present, and Mm. it's pajamas she didn't like, and she says, oh, my gosh, I love it. Yes. Which is basically, like, a precursor to everything. Uh Uh-huh. Of pushing down her own feelings Mm -hmm. to, like, make someone else feel better. Right. But I didn't realize that she was Mormon, and me neither. Me neither. I was like, I was like, oh, what Mormon? Yeah. Whenever she said that, I was like, Jeanette McCurdy was Mormon. I had what no the idea. Hell? Had no idea. No. Yeah. And then uh, not only that, it was just so surprising to find out that her mom not only was abusive, but she was also a hoarder. Yeah. She was a hoarder, and they all had to sleep in the living room on like Costco mats. Yeah. Like the little gymnastic mats that you yes. buy. Because their bedrooms and their beds were so stacked full of stuff. Right. She Because everybody had a bed and a bedroom, but nobody could sleep in any of them because yeah. it was just full of shit. And they didn't make a lot of money. No. And her mom's parents lived with them as well. So it was three yes. kids, two adults, and then two grandparents. Oh, I thought it was three. Four. Because she had three brothers. Oh. Sorry. Oh, no. I mean, it ends up fine. But remember, it's like David, Marcus, and Scotty. Oh, or I, I whatever can't the hell his name sure, is. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a lot of people in the house, and nobody, from what I could understand, either had a job or was working to like help pay for that house. Well, the mom, the dad saying, had a job. The dad. Oh yeah, and, and the, the grandpa. The grandpa had a job. Oh, the grandpa was it worked at Disney. at Disneyland. Yes, because Jeanette loved Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mom didn't do anything. But no. she, that dynamic quickly shifted onto Jeanette, 
whenever um her mom basically forced her to go into acting because that's what she always wanted to do. Yeah, and her parents wouldn't let her. Right. And um, that was just insane to me that the fact, like, the entire, like, financial burden laid on this six-year-old's shoulders. Yeah. Because she essentially kept that family alive whenever she started doing her... Her acting. her acting and, you know, getting more and more into it as the years go on. And just imagine at eight having that kind of responsibility. That is insane. Yeah. And I remember there's one scene in particular that the grandpa was saying, like, you deserve to be a kid. Mm-hmm. And she starts crying. And then I'm like, because, oh. like, she knows, like, deep down, she knows the entire time that this is wrong. Like, this is not who she is. This is yeah. not what she wants and stuff. The grandpa. But she just doesn't know how to, like, voice that for herself. Yeah. In a way that would be, like, well, obviously she couldn't because her mom was just so. Manipulative. Manipulative and oppressive. Yeah. I, the grandpa was a real one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel, obviously, like, any adult in that situation should have done more to, like, help the kids. And right. especially Jeanette, obviously. But the grandpa even, like, brought up, like, I think she has OCD. I think yes. she has a mental illness. Like, you should get her in therapy. And the mom was like, no, she's fine. She's fine. Even though, obviously, mental Ill- illness runs in her family because the mom was suffering from mental illness. Like, yeah. And, and it was very apparent and, like even what Jeanette recalled like her ability to switch off and on her emotions and like manipulate and play narcissistic narcissistic yes I mean the mom would literally just like turn on the tears until Jeanette said I'm sorry like whatever and then immediately stop crying which is such a weird dynamic because like essentially the mom was the kid yeah Jeanette was 100% 100% and it's like, how can you live with yourself knowing that that is the relationship that you foster for your kids? Because they don't actually care. Do you think she was psychopathic? Or sociopath? Um, I the don't mom. know. I know narcissism and sociopath go hand in hand it's quite like, a lot. It's like a trait of sociopathy. Or yeah. I mean, narcissists don't really care about other people's feelings mm-hmm. as long as they get what they want. So I don't think she really gave a fuck about anybody no as long as she was getting what she wanted mm-hmm. and then she would pretend until i think she it's got definitely a possibility i think you know undiagnosed obviously yeah because at the same time she used her her recovery from breast cancer to manipulate everybody yeah to milk milk she used to so they made that video right when Mm -hmm. the mom was sick and then the mom would force Force them them to to watch watch it so that they could be grateful that she wasn't sick anymore and like that she wasn't dead basically she'd be like i had cancer you can't be like disobey me ever it's literally like the cancer card yeah like she would pull that every single time that like things weren't going her way or her kids were acting up or Some, like, just to keep them all in line. I also definitely think the grandma probably had a mental health illness as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Because I mean, you there's see this that even scene, more at the very end of the book. Yeah. There was obviously the scene in the beginning where Jeanette's, like, trying to get everybody ready for church. Uh-huh. And she knocks on the door and her grandma's on the phone with someone. And the grandma's like, why do you hate me? And I was like, oh, God. The grandma mm-hmm. is 
like the same as the mom right and then at the end when she's like i'm selling my house and the grandma like freaked out like yes. you're poor like how are we gonna live blah 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 and Jeanette's like i'm literally just selling my house it's not a big deal you're like i live and then well no and it's funny because in that same like scene she was like well i'm moving into a studio apartment above so-and-so like this really nice fancy district she's like oh well there's a uh Saks Avenue, you know, or it wasn't that specifically, but just like a nice fancy store. Oh yeah. And she's like, I guess it won't really be that bad. And immediately, like her, it's just image using her emotions to manipulate. Yeah, and immediately it was okay because she was in a nice, rich, you know, part. Yeah. Something advantageous for her. So I just, oh, that whole family. And it's then, just a gnarly ride. Yes, and I liked how she was very honest of everything that she felt whenever she was going through those like casting gigs and like what they made her do and how she'd have to go back and forth between like the set and then school yeah and the set and then school and then <coughs> i thought it was so fucking weird how the mom still like had to go with her to the bathroom to like oh wipe her to butt. wipe her butt yeah to go until she, she until she, she was like 11 she was eight years old in that scene and then she said that her mom was her mom told her she was gonna do it until she was 10 years old i thought she was six she was eight. Oh, okay because she had still been doing it up until yeah because i wrote mom wipes her at eight until 10 like i, I yeah. made the note of it and then I it was, was like, like what 11 the fuck? and she was still doing it or something like that and when she was 14 she was still bathing her did yes. that until she was 17 years old. And she would bathe her with the Her brother. older brother, who was 16 at the time when she was 14. That is so fucking And weird. she performed the freaking breast and vaginal. Like, like literally so abusive. It makes me freak out. Like, like how do you, like, in those moments, like, How did the mom, dad, how did nobody mom, step in? As a mom, how do you just do that to your kid? Like, that's just what I just don't get. Maybe because I'm always, because I'm a woman and I feel like that's such a perpetrator, like, crimes done by men. I forget that women can obviously do that, too. And knowing that a mom to a child, just, I can't. Yeah, she was. I can't. I know. And at the very end, she's like, she did them until she was 17. Mm -hmm. I'm also glad her mother died. And I wish she had died sooner. Me, too. She was a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. And um, also Jeanette okay. had to like diffuse the fights between her parents and yes. her dad was always kicked out. And then there's the one fight where sh the mom like grabs a knife from the kitchen. Yeah. And Jeanette is like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And she's like eight or something like yes. that. Like trying to diffuse a whole argument when you're a child and you have to understand adult emotions and regulate adults like that how much of a crisis situation do you feel like you are constantly in like as a kid like i would feel like hyper vigilant at right. all times when you have to monitor someone else's emotions mm -hmm. especially when you're a child and they're an adult like right you're not equipped to do that no i mean like that's why so many i mean that's why we grow up like the kids can't handle that kind of like emotional processing yet because we just they don't have it they don't have it developed yeah like and i mean even they can obviously you see jeanette doing it but their skew of reality like their perspective of reality gets so skewed of like what is expected of them and what isn't yeah and like what is the world and like what's not the world 
sort of thing. Because she grew up so sheltered in the life that she lived. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not knowing, like, what a period was. Yeah. I mean, that's still indicative to a lot of people today, unfortunately. But, you know, not knowing these things or not I mean, experiencing, like, even you as know, an adult, you're not supposed to have to constantly think about someone else's emotions. Right. Like, you, you're, you're an adult, you figure out your emotions, and then other adults figure out theirs, and then you can, like, come to co- together and have a discussion but even as an adult if you have to constantly think about someone else's emotions like that's all obviously abuse right right but like then just imagine having that dynamic with a child like it's just fucked up it is how can you just burden somebody their shoulders like that like that kid has to walk around on eggshells can't be constantly. a kid for fear of you blowing I up just, it makes me sad because like the entire time she feels like she's in trouble or it's like, you know, it's a crisis situation. Yeah. And to have that kind of stress is just insane. I don't know. It was just, it was so, it felt like it never ended for her. Yeah. Like Janelle couldn't even change the ice cream flavor that she wanted with her her mom crying and saying, you're growing up. I don't want you to grow up. Blah, blah, blah. Like literally crying over an ice cream flavor. Yes. Where she was like, I just want the pistachio. She's like, but cotton candy's your favorite or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's Are you actually ugh. kidding me? And then when Jean- Jeanette was like, oh, I like want to stop acting. And the mom immediately started or sobbing, crying. freaking out, acted like she was going to drive off the road because she like was so hysterical, was so distressed. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm kidding. I didn't mean it. And then just Im- never mind. Immediately stop like, crying. Okay. And then she put on her favorite song and was all happy go lucky. Yep. And she was just like, hey. Pretended like nothing happened. Right. Basically. And she was like, Jeanette, why aren't you singing? And I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. God. Uh, just reliving this. I know I obviously just finished reading it and listening to it. It's just. Uh, it breaks my heart every single time. And then. So there's like. Her dad spelled her name wrong on her birthday card. Yes. She was like, what the hell? And then she's like, that's That's okay. okay. It's the thought that matters. And then she overhears her mom saying, did you get her the card? Like, how fucking heartbreaking. Oh, it makes me so fucking sad. And I think that just even, like, solidifies even more, like, that her mom is the one you know like to right. her to her that right. her mom is the one that's looking out for her and like right. that's the best mm-hmm. thing for her and in reality it's not but you know that just further solidifies that idea for Jeanette yeah oh <sighs> and then i think it's so interesting like i would love to have heard like more of the brothers like how they were treated yeah because <clears throat> you know like what kind of dynamic they had with the mom because obviously, like, her and Jeanette, and even Jeanette says it at the very end of the of the book, that her and her mom were best friends. They didn't have a mother-daughter relationship. Right. They were, they were buddies. Like, they were... She, the mom didn't have friends, <laughs> was always like, you're my best friend. Right. Jeanette said that think, she was her and best friend and her purpose. I think that's one of the purpose. biggest faux pas that moms can do is say your child is your best friend when they're too young. Yeah. Because... Like, as you go grow older, you obviously, like, y'all's relationship changes. Because I've talked to my mom about this, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
you know, as a kid, she was my mom. Like, yeah. she took care of me. She protected me. She, you know, gave me guidance. And, like, she taught me a bunch of things. Now that I'm older, because I'm 26 and I have more independence and I have an adult life, she's become more of a confidant of somebody who I could turn to. More to of the best friend. More of a best friend. Because I'm about to, like, you know, I would hope, like, in the next five to six years, I might have somebody who I think is really special in my life. And I might make a family or have a family of my own pretty soon. And even though she's my mom, and she forever will be my mom, she's that relationship is no longer she has to care for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's just that whole situation and that um, whole dynamic was just completely, completely wrong. And then I remember whenever she was 11, and she finally got boobs or started getting boobs oh yeah and it's talked through like even before this point how tiny she is like how little because she was sitting in a booster seat and she was like until 14 yes until 14 but like at the time she's like i'm still old or still small enough to sit in the booster seat at eight yeah and she talks about how repulsed she is by getting older Older. and having like a woman body yes that she wants to remain a kid forever because that's who she is and that her career rides on that and her career oh, at 11. At 11 is when she gets her period, right? No, 11 is when she starts growing boobs. She gets is her period at like 16. Okay. Because she gets it really late. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because um, she starts calorie she, restricting. Well, she starts calorie restricting at 11. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She starts because she tells her mom she's freaking out yeah, she, that, that she's, she's getting, getting boobs. boobs. That's and right. she's like, I don't want to be a woman. I don't want this. I don't like. I want to be a child forever. And then her mom's like, forever. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I can help you put that off. And then that's when she starts eating a thousand calories a day, or well, less. It never, yeah, it never talks about how. Does it talk about how many calories? She's so they eating? do a thousand, but she's like, I realize that if I don't eat all my food, it's even less. So, yeah. she becomes anorexic. Yes. And her mom basically condones that behavior. And her mom it does to it her. too. And well, yeah, and she teaches makes it, it to seem her. super normal. And then they go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Your daughter is underweight. Like she is exhibiting like anorexic signs. Like, look mm-hmm. out for her." And I remember she was like, and "I haven't noticed like, a difference no. at all." And I remember Jeanette, like she was thinking the entire time, she's like, "Mom knows exactly what's been going on. Mm-hmm. She knows everything that's been happening because we are she doing does this together." It, yeah. Disgusting. I know. I also she was making her take fourteen dance classes a week. I know. How the fuck do you even do that? How do you even have time to breathe? She didn't. She would do fourteen dance classes and then acting classes too. On top of it. And I also something that stood out to me is that Jeanette was way more worried about money than her dad was. Because when her dad took her to her dance class, mm-hmm. he was like oh i had a snack while you were at dance and she was like mom says those snacks are too expensive like she's gonna be mad again she's having to watch out for her mother's reactions and emotions because she knows it is hell for her right and then then they go to get a smoothie and she freaks out again like how do we have money for that and at the same time like a kid that's 8 11 however old she is was way too young to be worrying about something that small like that is not her job to worry about and my parents I remember whenever we were kids, we would sometimes, like, you know, like, well, is that expensive or can we do that? And I remember, like, asking them 
being young and they're like that's not something for you to worry about like obviously that that's something for me and your dad to worry about yeah and i always appreciate my parents never feeling like you know they never said oh well we can't afford that right now or like you know they, they would say something like that they're like well maybe for christmas or maybe for your birthday or maybe you know if you save a little bit like it would never was like we don't have money to do any like to live <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and even if it was i think they would never have told us that well and there's a way to go about it without making your child terrified or make it feel about like anything. it's their responsibility that or their fault yeah that we're all suffering uh then so i'm just gonna bring up another part of the story obviously yeah, go ahead. uh when she starts hearing voices and she thinks it's the holy spirit yes and what was so like obviously this is her ocd and like Mm -hmm. other issues but it's like do this this many times this many times and this many times of course i'm the holy spirit like it's just wild to me basically yeah how she thought that the entire time it was like her her small voice yeah was her but it was just the voice that she thought was yeah jesus Mm -hmm. and it ends up just being her Her OCD. ocd and it's just like clench your butt cheeks like 20 times or something like that for 45 seconds oh that was yeah but for 45 seconds wow just (laughs) very interesting it's like tap this five times you know blink your eyes like however many times Mm -hmm. and like stretch your eyes i think it was not that it's cute but that um she kind of makes light of it at the end where she's like i still have to twirl every time i go into the bathroom oh yeah it's like (laughs) she's like at least that's a fun fun one one. yeah but and then there's just like so many wild things i have in here like the pogo sticking yes because of one commercial her mom made her learn how to pogo stick for a thousand jumps yes and until and she couldn't she had to practice every single day until she could do a thousand jumps without like breaking it's so she's like so yeah now i know how to i'm really good at pogoing um (sighs) something i so obviously she's doing the crying on cue and she becomes super well known for that which first off there's already a lot of talk about like abuse in child actors and stuff like that right right and then there's crying on cue and you have to like think about these horrible things in order to make yourself cry it's like another fucking form of trauma to put on these psychological trauma yeah yeah like oh think about your brother dying from kidney failure or something like Here's like your grandpa died of uh, syphilis. I can't remember. Yeah. Something. And then they become desensitized and then they have to think of this other traumatic thing. And I'm like, how do you not have like a dissociative and or personality disorder? Like by doing that. Yeah. Or by like, like you totally yeah. have to dissociate from your feelings and your emotions. And she talks about how like in the shower when her mom does that stuff, she feels like she's not in her body. And I feel like. She, like, totally does suffer th- from that, from her trauma and PTSD. Oh, yeah, she like, has to. She's, like, it's an out-of-body experience. She tells herself that she has to leave her body to, like, endure being showered and being examined. Ugh. And then, yeah, just, like, having to come up with these, like, fake traumatic scenarios as a child to cry for adults. Cry for TV. Yeah. Ugh. And that's why she also wanted to stay young is because if she's... Like, or stay looking young, because even though she's older, she can be on set longer. And that's more advantageous for, obviously, the acting world. Because even though they look young, they can work them harder. Remember? 
say that again how she even though she's like say she's like 14 15 but she looks 11 oh yeah she can work <coughs> longer More hours roles. and that's what hollywood or like acting mm. wants mm-hmm. because they're able to work longer yeah which is sickening and then so her mom gets sick a second time right yes and then she she's brings up sick how a few times because it's like it's sick but without it's not the cancer I can't remember fully. It was like diticumulitis, something like that. It was something to that effect. I can't remember. I don't. Either way, she's in the hospital and Jeanette's like, I wrote something. I really like writing. And the mom's immediately like, I hope you don't like writing more than acting. Yes. And And she's like, of course I do, but I don't tell mom that. Right. And then she was like, it's a screenplay. (laughs) She's like, well, what's it even about? And she's like, how they convince her and it's a boy or like an actor and he's like convinces his best friend to get his two single their two single parents together and she's like that's already been done in the parent trap oh yeah and she'd never even seen the parent trap and then years later she watched it and she's like oh yeah it is a knockoff or whatever or something it might not have been years but Mm -hmm. um another thing just like the ice cream thing and the not wanting to act thing is this situation doesn't even happen, but Jeanette predicts it to happen, so she never even talks about it. How her favorite color isn't the same as her mom's, and she wouldn't say that to her mom because she knew already how the, her mom would react. Like, And that just goes to show how much she's walking on eggshells because she's like, if I tell my mom that pink isn't my favorite color... She's going to have a fit. She's going to freak out. Right. She's going to have a fit. And, and then the way Jeanette says it in her mind is it's really true love. Because my mom cares that much about me. And it's like, yeah. that's how the abuse happens. You are convinced it's caring when it's control. Yeah. And it's fucked. It gives me a lot of a, what is that mom that basically manipulated her kid to be sick? Munchausen syndrome. You're t- um, what are they called? What's her name? Fuck. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's it's a Hulu show. It is. With uh, Joey King. Yeah. Well, fuck me. I can't think of it. I can't think of it either right now. But. Shit. I know. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Shit. I have to look it up. I'm look sorry. Because I can't. I, whenever you say their names, I'm going to be like, yes. I know. Joey King. Munchausen movie. It was called The Act. Mm-hmm. And Gypsy. Gypsy. Yes. yes. And Dee Dee is her mom. Dee Dee. Gypsy and Dee Dee. Yeah. Yes. That's, an, that's a gnarly story. That's a gnarly story. And it gives me a lot of like sim- like parallels with this. Not Maybe not to that extent, but like, like you know. Like she doesn't make her daughter sick, but obviously but you, th- you think your abuser is saving you basically. Yeah. Looking out for you. Um. Oh, I think we might have another visitor. Mona, she's coming out. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Is there a ghost? No. You literally just made me freak out. Sorry. The way you said, we have another visitor. I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to die. What? No, it's a little <laughs> four-legged visitor. We had to kick the boys out because they were. The dogs? Yeah. Well, the boys. They don't know that you're, they're talking about Teddy and Kirby. Oh, yeah. Teddy and Kirby are the boys. <laughs> it's a husky and a, and a corgi. Um, yeah, way to kick them out because they wanted to be on the bed. And they're Teddy is obviously a big dog, so he can't just, like, 
sit here, even though he's a sweet boy. And then Kirby reacts to everything, so. Mona's the only one that gets privileged to be around in here. What are you looking at? Sorry, I'm looking at a lot of my notes. We've already talked about a lot of it. We have. Um, Oh, I wanted to go back really quick. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how she thought her birthday wish was, was the sole thing to keep her mother alive? Yeah. And, like, to keep her cancer away? And for ev- every birthday wish every for, birthday like, wish. every year. Was yes. That. Okay, so now she's on iCarly at 14. And she mm-hmm. meets Miranda. And her and Miranda become good friends. Yes. I fucking love that they were good friends. I'm glad that they... Yes, I didn't realize how close they were. And it made me so happy to know that. That she had somebody, you know, there. And I remember... It was, like, her first friend. Yeah. And it was so cute because, like, she gave her a basket and a $100 gift card for, like, movie snacks and stuff. Yeah. And she she felt so embarrassed just getting her a fuzzy journal and a, a stuffed, stuffed animal. animal but then miranda was like thanks for the like the gifts animal. and i love journals i can't wait to get back into journaling anyway i know so I was like she never made her feel bad i know it's is. so sweet hey moni girl um and then she has her first kiss with Nathan Cress on the show who plays Freddy. Yes. And she talks about how much she hates that. Yes. And how it's so awkward. Um, and how the directors are so mad because she won't. She like, won't like move around and make it look right. real. And so then she starts talking about the creator who obviously <gasps> is Dan Schneider. Yes. The dude who was fucking creepy as shit to all of Nickelodeon, especially to Victorious and iCarly. Mm-hmm. To the point where... Towards the end of his career, he had to sit in a box away from everybody. Yes. Which um, I thought was crazy. I know. And then he's like, oh, you're going to get a spinoff show. And then, like, started massaging her. And he, like, pressured that her to drink so alcohol before. fucking weird. Uh, she was 21. I was so creeped he's out He's such that. a creep. Oh, yeah. Fuck him. Another abuser. But... Um, so then she had to deal with that at work on top of her mother already being fucking abusive. So this poor girl like could not escape it. Nowhere. There was no outlet for her. Yeah. And that's the reason why when she was really young, she liked church because even though she wasn't like super about like the church, it was just a reprieve from being at home for three, like, you know, for three hours she got to not have to worry about being at home and being in a hoarder's house yeah and dealing with her mom um so then she gets her period at 16 while she's on the show and i thought it was interesting that the first thing her mom said was i'm so sorry and then her like makeup person was like congratulations yeah like the the difference in the two things like congrats you're a woman versus i'm so sorry like now you're gonna I get think bigger, whenever basically. I was, uh, whenever I got my period, I think I was 13. And yes, I was 13. I was just going into eighth grade. And, uh, or maybe it was 12. I don't remember. Anyways, 12 or 13. And I remember getting it and I was like kind of weirded out by it. Cause I was like, man, I'm like not a kid anymore. But my mom never was like, you know, she's like, it's going to be okay. Like she was comforting the entire time. Yeah. She wasn't like, I wish maybe like I would have been told earlier and would have been like, yeah, it's like, means you're a woman. Like you're just, you're like, you're coming like a young lady. Yeah. Like, Congratulations. I feel like it would have been like a, so ce- like celebratory. Maybe I wouldn't have felt so weirded out by it. But then again, I mean, it is just like puberty itself. It's just a weird time. Yeah. 
I feel like mine was made to be like no big deal. Like I got mine in sixth grade, so I was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. But she talks about how the girl and like how her friend, her mom and her aunt and like her grandma or whatever took her out to dinner to celebrate. Yeah. Like, sorry, but that's how fucking periods should be. Like we're going to fucking celebrate. Like, have you seen those things about like having period parties? Yeah. I think that's so cute. I want to have, if I have a daughter, I want to do that for her. Yeah. It's just interesting. The juxtaposition of like her mom versus like, it was like an ending for her. Yeah. And sh- and then Jeanette immediately was like, I know what I have to do. I have to restrict more calories, basically. Right. Um, but I also had no idea that she got into country music for a little bit. Yeah, no, no clue. No idea. I felt like that was completely from, like, left field. I was like, okay, cool. They, like, they're obviously just trying to, like, capitalize on anything they can. Mm-hmm. But she talked about how she would work during the week fly to nashville and work all weekend on Mm -hmm. songwriting and then fly back to la and act like that's exhausting and she talked about how she didn't like write any of the songs and she thought they all sucked terrible and her mom was so like enamored with all (sighs) not on a computer moni moni i know you really like the computers (laughs) (laughs) she likes to to always like so warm i know she's always like to do that Sorry. <laughs> That's a cat thing. It is. She's rubbing her face on all the electronics right now. She is. So sorry. <laughs> but anyways, what were we saying? Um, well, she was in Nashville, but then her mom's cancer comes back. Yes. And she finds out her mom doesn't even own up to it. She finds out in an email. Yeah. Her mom her, won't even tell like, her. One of her brothers. And, and she's like, did your cancer come back? She's like, no. How could you say that? This is when uh, Jeanette's on the road for her country music. Yes. And uh, she call- her mom calls her five times a day. How do you even... I can't. How do you have that time? Like, that's all you do is talk to them. Right. And then her and her lead guitarist, who's, like, sometimes on tour with her, sometimes on not, who's 27 and she's 18, is her first kiss, which that's a little bit of a sketch age difference, if you ask me. 10 years when you're only 18 like no thank you thankfully like he doesn't like push it too far like right all it is is a kiss thank god yes but Um, i mean it gets worse like later because you're like what the hell yeah with her other like men that she decides to entertain um and okay so then she moves out Right? Is that when that happens? Yes. Because she moved then out into her first apartment. And she's so excited. Because and it's going to be on her own. The day she moves in, her mom says, can I stay the night? And then her mom lives with her for three fucking months. Sleeps in the same bed as her. And cuddles her. What the fuck? She's like, my mom clings to me every night. What oh. the fuck? What the fuck? I would fight this bitch. <laughs> on sight. Like, you know, like, Yolanda coming out of prison in, like, 2023 or 2024, and everybody's going to, like, out there with signs for Selena, and then, like, the signs say, Yolanda's going to get bitty bitty bop bop. Like, that's the same kind of energy yeah. that I have for Jeanette's mom. Like, yeah. Like, if she was alive right now, bang, bang. She's going to get bopped. 
so sorry there was a little yawn so let's move on to now like when she gets cancer when she gets her cancer for the second time and the final time well or when it comes back because then that's whenever because that's also around the time of her country music and well that's she's also yeah she's got cancer she finally, when like, she moves in with her because she's in the wheelchair when she moves in with Jeanette when Jeanette moves out I thought and the dad has to like pick her up out of the I thought the the wheelchair was after she had lived with her no it's it's like when she moves in with her are you sure yeah because I'm 100% sure I have the notes oh okay I promise this oh, is why I have the notes because it helps me keep everything straight yeah but then she sees her for the first time after, like, a few months, and she, like, looks weathered. Well, it's because her and Jeanette get in a fight because she lies about going to have a sleepover with Miranda when really she's going to go hook up with her, like, 30-year-old boyfriend. And the mom, like, is like, you're a liar. I know you're not doing that. You're a liar. And then chucks the TV remote at her, and then that's when she, like, moves out of Jeanette's apartment. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend comes and picks her up drunk to take her to a hotel room. Because he broke up with his girlfriend, who he's been cheating on with Janelle. Or Janelle. You keep saying Janelle. (laughs) Do I keep saying it? Yes, you keep saying Janelle. God damn. I don't know why. I think it's because my mom's obsessed with the teen mom. (laughs) (laughs) And so she talks about them all the time. Yeah, Jeanette. Jeanette. I'm sorry. I feel like that's so disrespectful that I said that. Oh, it's okay. It happens. I don't mean it in a horrible way. Um, But... She, he's been cheating on his girlfriend of five years with Jeanette. And, and then he realizes what he's done. And he is like, we were going to get married. But he's doing it to himself. Yeah. Manipulate her into yeah. doing stuff with him. Yeah. He's like, you won't even have sex she with won't, me. Yeah. And then he's like, well, Such can I at least get a blowjob blow since a- I, I ruined my life for you? Like, fuck off, you little fucking fuck. That's another man I could fucking murder on site. Hell like, yes. No. That makes me livid. I hope he feels like garbage and everyone knows that he is garbage. I'm sure he is. Goddamn. What sure a piece of is. shit. Ugh, it makes me so mad to think about. But then they're together for a year. Mm-hmm. And she's like paying off his debts, and he's like an alcoholic. Yeah, and and uh, she talks about how half the time it's good, half the time it's bad. Yeah, but compared to her parents, like, she's like this is, this is great, be- so much better than my parents, and it's <coughs> not. It's exactly like it's like becoming what her parents' relationship is. Yeah, and then they go to constant. Hawaii together. Yes, and her mom sees the paparazzi pics. Yes, and this is the because infamous emails. Trying, yes, because she's been trying to cover it up with her gay best friend Holden. Holden? Colton. Colton. Why did I want to say Holden? This is not the love hypothesis. Um, <laughs> Colton <coughs> with three-way calls. Yeah, because they want to think that it's just Jeanette and Colton, Colton in Hawaii, but she's got her boyfriend there with her. And then her mom sees the TMZ pictures and sends her an email saying that she's a slut. And a whore, good for nothing. Yeah, like, I'm not your mother anymore. P.S. Send money. money For the fridge, it broke. Like, the fucking audacity. Like, this, this is the thing. Like, she doesn't care unless she needs something. Like, she's like... 
I'm I'm disowning you. Your 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 brothers don't want anything to do with you. Yes. Oh my god. How do you say that to you again? How do you say that to your kid? There's no logical. No, there's no understanding to it. Reasoning or purpose. Um, but she she. She put her phone in the safe for the rest of the vacation. Mm-hmm. And when she turned it back on, she had 22 emails and 40 plus missed calls. Yes. From her mom. Yeah. What the oh, hell? Wow. Oh, my. It and just, then I just remember she's like, she's like, I guess I'll go start going through the emails. And they're all just the same thing. Yeah. Well, and then just she berating her. She responds to her mom and is like, can we talk about this? And her mom was like, yes. And then they never talk. Never. Her mom just acts like nothing happened. Because mm-hmm. she obviously does not want this, like, emotional and financial support to end. Right. And, like, being able to abuse her, basically. But, her so her mom's super sick, and they're going to Wendy's for her birthday. Because her mom wants to be able to play the pity card. Like, oh, my daughter's so rich, but I just went to wendy's for my birthday yeah even though I'm so sick with cancer. and i remember jeanette saying that she's like she all she wants to be able to do is tell the like women at church that even though we have all this money that she's so humble enough yes. that she wants that she can like suffice having just a dinner at wendy's yeah but that's when she has a seizure yes and she's taken to the hospital and that's where she's put in her first coma like they don't know whether or not she's gonna wake up or not yeah and then she does, <coughs> doesn't she? Yeah. Yes. Oh, also, in those emails and stuff, she, like, tried to turn her fans against her. <gasps> yes. And I she told that her diabolical. that she caused her cancer. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. But, yeah, she, like, was posting in the forums and was, like, trying to get her fans to hate her. And I remember in one of the emails that she never, that her mom was saying, you never deserved these fans. I did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because she's a fucking narcissist. God damn. Also, like, her dad is so apathetic. So apathetic. Like, obviously, he's being abused as well. But, like, he just doesn't. I mean, like, he's not even the dad. Yeah. He's not the biological father. I was like, what the fuck? I know. I was like, can anything else happen to this poor girl? Literally, that one took me for a loop. I I was not expecting it. No. Never would have expected it. I was like, uh what like what and then thing? colton and miranda took her to see her dad yes and then, then the dad knew but the mom fought him for custody and won because moms always win custody against like not always not always but most of the time the judge will usually say that like the mom usually wins and sometimes it really sucks because there are some good men out there that would be better fathers than the moms would be 100 percent. like you know i'm not saying that it happens all the time but the court favors mothers yeah which is weird because it hates them it hates women right right you know i don't know it's our justice system is fucked uh, anyways to say the least that's like bare minimum yeah but um what what else were we saying um so let's see mom has a seizure dad's apathetic um uh i carly ends yes and she's going back and forth from filming sam and cat to the hospital and she talks about how ashamed she is of her role as sam 
mm-hmm. like throughout the whole book. And like she really talks about it when she gets to Sam and Cat because then she's doubly ashamed because Ariana's like career is popping off. And well, like, yeah, Ariana was able to do all these different things that she was told that she weren't possible for yeah. her. And they were like rewriting the script so that Ari could miss days, but Sam wasn't allowed to take movies because she couldn't miss days and stuff like that. There was that. no way that she could be written out of an episode. And because um, Which her agents bullshit. kept saying like, everybody likes the easy girl like everybody likes the one who the team player yeah Yeah. is agreeable with everything and so she like which is so shitty to be like yeah be the team player be the one that the sacrificial lamb essentially yeah and i like how Jeanette's like i was not in a good place to be supportive of her no like obviously now she's like supportive but she's like i saw this girl who got to do everything i ever wanted when i was just like in the lowest place ever and she just couldn't i know like, i, I thought it was so her. interesting that her breaking point was whenever ariana came sauntering in talking about how she went and played charades Shirley. with tom hanks yeah she's like that was it that was the the final straw and i you know i i don't blame jeanette and i don't even blame jeanette if she were to still hate ariana for her success and her fame because I don't think it would be specifically just for her. I think it would just be the situation that yeah. that fostered and that. Obviously, she didn't actually trauma. hate Ariana. She right. just, like, hated her situation. Right. Right. And just the treatment. And yeah. Stuff. Like, she was sick of it, basically. Right. And then she gets drunk for the first time. And then that's when she starts mm-hmm. abusing alcohol because she realizes that it can numb her. Mm-hmm. From and that is what is insane to me is just after this part where her mom starts declining that she really becomes derailed and it just essentially gets even deeper and deeper and deeper as the story goes on and once her mother passes mm-hmm. and like to have known that that she was like <coughs> she was like yeah i was 22 and like she would she was drinking nine to ten shots a night and not eating all day and yeah you know, all these different things that she was abusing these you know once she was having all of her eating disorders and her mental health issues and then her alcoholism and knowing that she was doing that regularly even before the age of 22 was mind-boggling to me i actually like how is she alive after that many years of exactly body exactly and i looked up to see like pictures of her whenever she first signed on to iCarly and she looks little. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see. I was like, I wonder if it, I mean, obviously it had to be some, like, noticeable to some degree. Because, like, you look at Miranda, and Miranda looks like a, like, healthy, normal, I don't know, like, Miranda's teenager. fucking tiny as shit, She too. was, but, like, her face looked more, like, you know, radiant in comparison to what looked, like, Jeanette looked like. Mm. Because she just looked small and pale and just very powdery and, like, ashen, where... Miranda, I feel like maybe Miranda's body type is that she's just naturally that way rather than Jeanette was forcing her body to be that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not saying that, you know, whatever to each their own, but um, you could just tell the difference like between them. I just can't. <sighs> yeah, it's sad. I definitely was looking at pictures and like because I wanted to see like like, it's like corroborating your memory of that with like the timeline of the book basically right um but then let's talk about how E! News broke that her mom died and she was like how the fuck did they even know yes and I have a feeling like the mom 
Like, yeah, she was so probably funny. like, the moment I die, please alert the media. Yeah. Like, I just fucking know her mom was that vain that she would want the mm. world to know. And, like, just imagine getting a ping on your phone that, like... Your mom... You literally just watch your mom, like, breathe her last breath. Yeah. And then 20 minutes later, you get a ping that you're like, Jenna McCready's mother has died. Or five minutes later. And you're yeah. like, how the... F-? And then that dude who was talking to her, and he was like, your mom won't die. And yeah. then she texted back. She, she literally just, just, just fucking did. died. And then also, before her mom passes, that fucking nurse that was so stupid. <gasps> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The fucking audacity. She's like, are you seeing a pocket? Oh, my God. Can I get a picture? And she's like, my mom is literally catatonic and is on her deathbed right now. That was fucked. I was like, are you that, like, just unaware? That ignorant? I hope that nurse. I hope that nurse got what was coming to her. Because that's just how. Yeah. How like do you do so that? So When someone is so, is in such an awkward position in their family and their parent is on their deathbed. Fuck you. That's all I have to say. It's just fuck you for that shit. Yeah. Um, the next, like, obviously she's still filming and stuff, but I love when the show ended and she said fuck no to the hush money. Yes. The, the $300,000 in hush yes. money. She's like, that sounds like hush happened. money to me. And they're like, no, no, no. It's a gift. Yeah. And she's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to take that. And I love how then she's like, I'm going to work on myself. And this, she's got this new Netflix deal or whatever. And she's like, I'm going to focus on myself, blah, blah, blah. And then I met Steve, and I was like, you were so close, Steven? babe. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She's like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to change. I'm going to, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, comes <clears> in. <throat> and, like, for a whole second, I thought that would, he would, like, be the person for her to be supportive. Well, think, like, For, like, I a mean, whole hot second. And then he and made then her go he to therapy. And then he starts having, like, yes. And then he starts having... His, like he says he's jesus reincarnated episodes. yes i was like oh no immediately when he said that i was like he's got schizophrenia yes same <laughs> i was like dude schizophrenic okay like grandiose delusions that he's jesus christ oh my gosh but i'm glad that like his parents obviously came and like put him in a you know a mental like yeah institution. took care of him yes but then got they got him the help he needed they broke up because like, super codependent on each other yeah and well but she recognized that she's like we're codependent and now that i can't do anything to fix you like i'm we need to break up like we need right. to work on ourselves or and whatever. this was actually after all remember whenever she had her first therapist yeah and she was like so nice and just oh so, i know she's an angel and i felt so bad that everything came to it crashing down whenever she brought up her mom and like she had was so defensive and yeah. so whenever she finally she was the first person to suggest that her mom was abusive yeah and she couldn't handle that knowing that that narrative of her mom even though deep down and you know deep down she knew that that's exactly what it was she couldn't face the reality of like it being presented to her and sitting down yeah and so she was like i will no longer be having your services she blocked her yes and like (gasps) so she was doing five therapy sessions a week that's a lot and And she she was was doing five to ten binges a day yes 
and nine to ten shots of alcohol a night. It was so sweet when she was her plus one to the award show or I whatever. I liked that idea, too, just being your plus one to everything. And it was just so sweet how, like, Jeanette was about to, like, binge, binge. and she showed up and, like, she was there when she needed her. Like Yeah, like, she was like, I'm so glad you're eating, but, like, let's go. Slow down. Slow it down. And then let's go to a different place so that way I can we can kind of just talk through the feelings and stuff. Yeah. And then she's like, you know what? Never mind. Let's just leave. It was so awesome. And Jeanette was like, oh, she's distracted by Adam Sandler. Like, I don't blame her. Basically thought Laura was going to, like, bail on her like everyone else has. Mm-hmm. But then she showed up, which I love. Like, there's someone who's showing right. up for her, even when she expects them not to. Yes. Someone's on her side. Someone's rooting for her. And, you know, Miranda also silently was, like, there for her, too. She was always just very aware. But I appreciated Miranda because she never pushed too much. But I think she also, in her way, like, always kept an eye on Sam and knew. Not Sam. Oh, my God. Jeanette. So. It happens. Miranda. Um, and she also talked about that in the book, that anybody who called her Sam, she would take a picture with. Yeah. If they knew her actual name, Jeanette. She would. She would. And then she talks about how her dad moved on after a week with the mom's best friend. Yes. That's how you knew something was up. And the mom was super pissed. Like, her best friend was, like, an on again, off again. Like, she would complain about her. Like, she copies me. She does this. She does that. Mm-hmm. And Sam was like, now I feel like she copies her. Yes. Because that was the woman that her husband loved. Yeah. And Sam's mom also had affairs, too. We learn. Yes. When he, should we find out that, like, the dad wasn't the biological dad? Mm-hmm. Um, the bi- yeah, the bio dad one really threw me or whatever, but... I'm telling you, I was not expecting that shit. At all. I thought that was crazy. Crazy. And then, um, what else happens? We already talked about, you know, her friends going to go take her to her. To see her dad. Her see her dad. And then oh, she and gets then a she new gets therapist. Yes, but it's an eating disorder specific therapist, like recovery place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they really help. Like that finally, I think, clicks those yeah. people and that yeah. kind of um, <coughs> resource. And she talks about how she's like not perfect, but she's technically in recovery. Yes. Or how like her slips can't aren't turning aren't into slides. slides they're just remaining slips yeah and, and she goes a little bit into the therapy that she does with mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. which is great i'm glad that she was able to finally like see that i'm so glad for her that for herself and like even i remember her 26th birthday she went to the like she was eating with miranda mm-hmm. and she's like i'm gonna go to the bathroom to pee and she purges and she's like i'm getting too old for this like i deserve better yeah she's like i'm already 26 she's like i don't want to be my mom Yes, she Basically. never decided to face her fears or face what was actually happening. I'm not going to be who that is. And ever. then uh, I love that it ends with her going to the grave. And being like, fuck you, I'm never coming back. And talking about how the dead are romanticized. Yes. With all these words on her headstone. She's like, she wasn't fucking any of these. Like, No. 
my mom was a horrible person. She was like, I get up and I know it's the last time I'm ever going to be to this grave. And I was like, fuck yes. yes. Like, good for you. She doesn't deserve one more fucking second of your time. She doesn't. And you know what was so honorable, I thought, of Jeanette? She was like, my mom was a fucking horrible human being. But there were a few things that I did love about her. You know, and recognizing that you still do love her. You still do love these people because, again, at the end of the day, it is your mom, no matter how fucking evil they are. And I just think that shows so much strength in her being like, yeah, I did love when she was happy. I did love that her pep talks is like what she had said. Yeah, she knew how to, like, make you feel better. better, Right. And stuff like that. But that was but there were so much more things that obviously outweighed that. But the good things don't. Yeah. Yeah. Being able her the fact that Jeanette was able to, like, say that even of her terrible shitty ass fucking deserving hell deserving mother hell deserving mother excuse me you know i think that just shows a lot of growth in her and not as just growth not growth but like growth in her and knowing that her mom was a piece of shit but like knowing just as a human like you can recognize those things but know that that doesn't that doesn't excuse anything yeah because i was gonna say she's always loved her mom and thought the world of her mom so the growth is in knowing that her mom was actually fucking horrible yes and how abusive and and so it's a test that like abuse victims are so strong they are like oh i don't know but when the part that made me cry was when she was like i realized this would be my last time here because i was like so happy for her yes so happy for her revelation in that freedom (coughs) finally the freedom of her not having to feel like she's obligated to be there and to show up for her mother who's been gone yeah well and also just to say no like you're not gonna control my life anymore it's mine yeah and i am so happy like that even though her life is still going to be really fucking hard because, like, anytime you're in recovery from abuse and, like, eating disorders or whatever, your life is hard. Mm-hmm. But she's going to get her happy ending because, like, yeah, she got free of her abuser. And I don't know. It just, like, it made me want to hug her. And, oh, my God. That's like, what I told Shelby. I listened to it and I finished and she was out here and was like, I just want to give her a fucking hug, dude. And, like, let her know that, like, she deserves I think a good life. Just this this book alone has shown that there's so much support out there and we love what she's doing and like yeah the fact i hope that she, she feels decided supported she, yeah i hope so too that this like even i know this is small like or not small but like you know i hope that this is at least a slice of the success that she feels that she has been obligated to for so long yes. you know what i mean like and from. i hope that she makes oodles of fucking money i saw this mm-hmm. someone was like i hope she makes so much fucking money and like nickelodeon can shove it up their fucking ass hell yeah they tried to hide the abuse and i hope that she makes a million million fucking dollars off of this book because her it's the perfect revenge my mom fucking died and this is my success because you're a fucking piece of shit and you held me back and like Mm -hmm. i don't know i just like yeah no i hope that i wish i could help her and like beginning of that road and you like I said, I think this is the beginning of her finally getting. And that, I hope she gets to write what and she deserves. direct and produce and like do all the things. She I know, wanted. like what she actually wants to do and yeah. what she's actually good at. You know, what she's passionate about because right. everyone deserves to do what they're passionate about. For sure. I don't know. I loved this book. I thought it was phenomenal. It was her storytelling ability was great. Mm-hmm. 
it was like the perfect amount of everything i don't know it was, it was just so, such a well-written so book plain but it was so matter of fact and it was funny at times and I, again i just her writing was just so like yeah matter like there like and, this is it and this like is we what said, it is no sugar coating is what i'm trying to say yes like she narrated the book and she the delivery was just so amazing oh she yeah. gave like and I, and I think you and I both agree that anybody who is the author of their own book and then they obviously read it, read it's it, so good. It's obviously better because you know in your heart how that's supposed to happen or how that's supposed to be inflected. You know the or voice. Like, right. Yes. And how you want that to be portrayed to your reader. Yeah. So. I cannot rave enough about this book. Like, I really loved it. I think everybody should read it. Again, well, not everybody. Everybody who thinks that they who can. Who can. And um, who is obviously, you know, healthy enough or able enough to yeah. to sit down with these demons. I know there was a few a few different things because we also didn't mention like Jeanette also went through like bulimia and then oh, restriction yeah. and then anorexia and like all different kinds of different things. All she the also stages. went through orth- anorexia, orthia orthorexia or something like that it's like the obsession oh. of clean eating of like eating yeah only clean it's foods. like diets and fads and right clean there's eating, one it's like, like you're only you're obsessed with whole clean foods to the point to where like that's all you eat and that's obviously not enough nutritional value for well, yourself because it's, it's all basically any obsession or unhealthy view or patterns around food is mm-hmm. technically an eating disorder right it doesn't matter if you're still like eating eating enough like, if you're still obsessing about the type right. of food you eat, how much right. you eat, that's I was just talking about specifically yeah. that that um, specific disorder because I didn't know that that was actually even a disorder. Like, specifically with healthy food, like whole healthy yeah. foods where you think obviously those are healthy. Yeah, but, like, having only those is not good. Yeah, I follow um, an influencer. A, a <coughs> her name is Mick Zazan or mm-hmm. Zazan. I, I don't know how to say it, but that's where i learned about that because she talks about it because she struggled with ed for a long time and it's like just like any obsessions and fears about food like it's just not health like it's not how we're supposed to view it which sucks because i feel like no matter how hard you try to be like body neutral or food neutral like it's kind of impossible it in is, our society it's it is with our technology with what we have that we carry in our pockets every single day yeah and even like the people that we talk about and you know, I've even talked about this as, like, food and diet and stuff has always been a topic of, uh, has always been a topic in my household whenever we were, when I was growing up. And oh, yeah. that wasn't just to my mom. My mom always was talking about how she needed to lose weight or she yep. needed to look like this or she's going to try this diet. My <laughs> grandma, even now, that oh, she, yeah. she's 71. And sometimes she's saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to try and, like, lose 10 pounds. I'm like, grandma, that's not the perp- that's not the point anymore. You should be going to go work out, not because you want to drop 10 pounds, because you want to be strong. Yeah. And my aunt does that, too. And it's just been, it was so surrounding in my life. And it, I don't blame, obviously, any of those. No, it's of a product of our society. Right. Like, it's not, it's really not specifically it. them. And my parents have never, or my grandparents have never been like, oh, you're getting a little big. Or like, no, you don't. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know if you know what I mean, but they've never told that to me. They've always, like, been supportive of, like, obviously what I look like, but 
indirectly yeah. like that kind of influence for sure you know rubbed off on i me. mean we grew up in the early 2000s when yeah when the gothic the, the 90s and early thousands when heroin chic was i was about it. to say heroin chic yes that was and it no curves no low nothing. rise like the tabloids were fucking horrendous yes yeah. low rise jeans which really is not even a fashion piece or even a piece of clothing because you have to have the body for it to actually look good because low-rise jeans don't look good on anyone unless they have no curves. I don't think they look good no matter who you are. I think they're terrible. I think they need to be burned. The fact that whoever it decided to think thing. that low-rise jeans were cute, die. Disinter- <laughs> oh, wow. Disintegrate now. <coughs> because they're not. Anyways. Ever. Anyways, um, my last two things I wanted to point out were a few of two quotes that I like wrote down uh-huh. that she had said. She said, grief is a perfect scapegoat. Mm. And I was like, yeah, because like you can just kind of put everything like to grief, you know, like you justify all of your means and all of your oh, actions yeah. to grief. It's like it's a perfect <coughs> scapegoat. In yeah. The sense, like, and then the not actually like own up to it. Yeah. yeah. And then another one is like um, she was talking about how it was exhilarating that the f- I can't remember like word for word. I remember like writing it down earlier today. I forgot to take a picture. But it, she was talking about how she enjoyed that by pushing her fingers down her throat. She could undo the mistake she had made. Mm hmm. And, like, that brought her peace. Or not peace, but, like, made her less anxious, obviously. Control. Control. Over her life, yeah. Right. And I was just like, oh, so sad. But, anyways, those are my last comment remarks. If you haven't read, <coughs> us, read this book, you have to go read it. I know and, we just totally And we obviously it, recommend the audio version. Yes. Please go do the audio version <coughs> because she just really, she just a phenomenal job of just bringing the story to every single color it could be so um definitely do that let's end it on like something positive what other books are you reading or listening to right now right now mm-hmm. um what am i also what am i what am i thinking about reading <sighs> i don't know i've been looking for a new audiobook to listen to i'm okay. kind of in a rut well now we have to l- read akawar oh yes akawar akawar whatever Aquawar. you want whatever a court of wings and ruin <coughs> which okay i uh, maybe i'll save this commentary for the episode next week anyways yeah. but um i just finished a book called reckless girls by rachel hawkins Ooh. she did the wife upstairs oh yeah and yeah, i yeah. loved it that's good loved it it i know i was a murder mystery read. i've been trying to get into other like audiobooks but i've been on a really big lull right now bro I don't it's know because why. after akamath akamath like it's so hard to find anything good. I know. Uh, I know. It's been a it's been a tough time. Oh, I'll I'll end on a better note. I reconnected with my old childhood friend Emma after ten years. Ten years of not talking to one another. And not in the sense of like, you know, you comment each other's photos or something on Instagram real small. But like finally reconnected, like we talked on FaceTime for like three and a half hours on my birthday. And it was honestly the most like insane thing it was awesome i it felt like we had not talked i think for like in since like 16 so like 15 or 16 so like 10 or 11 years we knew obviously knew each other and stuff but like yeah 
you know, kept each other with it <laughs> Facebook. But, like, to have done that again, that was insane. So, Emma, if you're listening to this, I love you. So, yeah. I'll just leave that on a happy note. That no matter who your friends are, if they're really true friends, they'll always be in your life. If you need them. True that. <laughs> true that. It's late. It um, is late. Okay. Okay. So, don't forget that next week we're doing a court of wings, wings and ruin. And you better buckle your asses up because it's, oh, it's going to be, be a long one. She As you think. know, it's always going to be a long one with those. Um, so with that, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Make sure you follow us on anywhere you can get your podcast. Even if you follow us on Spotify, go to fucking Apple and go follow us there because we rate, review, subscribe, follow. Yes. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Also, Instagram, Good Books, Bad Banter, all one word. Same thing with TikTok, Good Books, Bad Banter, all Hell one yeah. word. That's where you can find us. Um, yeah, and leave a like and review because we obviously like it. We just want to keep bringing you the pod. Yep, and then get better equipment to make even better episodes, to make even better rating and even a better time and a better podcast. <laughs> we even just want to keep talking about all the books. Absolutely. All right, guys, you all have the best week and we'll see you on the next one later